Welcome, sports fans. You have entered the man cave of the one and only Fan Man, broadcasting from his lazy boy recliner somewhere in the Vale of Paradise known as Valparaiso, Indiana. Hey, sports fans, welcome to the Fan Man Podcast. You can catch the Fan Man Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other platforms. And again, it's another edition of the uh, Chicago Bears season and um, just another game. We're covering all the games here on uh, the Fan Man Podcast. Each week we put out a podcast and we uh, go over uh, Sunday's game. And it's that time again, and I got my man Chad Lincoln here to do it. How you doing, Chad? I'm doing great, Bill. How are you? Good. Are you doing better than the Las Vegas Raiders today? I think anybody's doing better than the Las Vegas Raiders are today. <laughs> I mean, that that team just looked flatter than a pancake yesterday. Yeah, and I got a feeling, looking in that division with Kansas City and the Chargers and the Broncos. I'm thinking this may be more of the norm. Going. It's possible. I mean, the way that division has changed ultimately in the last three or four years, I mean, Vic, Vic, Vic Fangio and the new guy in, or in L.A. could really be doing some good things to make this more of a conference for those two teams and leave uh, Vegas and Kansas City in the back burner. Right. So good news, though, for the Bears, right? Yeah. I mean, that was a game that it was iffy going in because you just didn't know what was going to happen if if it was going to be a case where Justin Fields is ready and being in a bigger city than, you know, like a, a Detroit but in terms of a fan base and having more of the fans on top of you, you know, whereas, well, he hadn't played in Detroit yet, but the concept of just playing a better team, which we thought Vegas was, being that they were going into the game 3-1, and one, but they looked like the worst 3-1 team in football yesterday. Oh, boy. They sure did. And uh, it's kind of funny. This football season is going by pretty fast. I mean, they, we've already got five games in. Yeah. I mean, it's it, moving. Feels like, it feels like we just started the season yesterday, how fast it's moving. Yeah, it's moving fast. And um, I have to admit, Chad, this was a game – when we did our preview before uh, the Bears season, I was four for four picking all the winners and losers of the Bears, but I had this one written down as a loss, figuring having that nice win at home against Detroit and then having to go on the road to Vegas, and I thought Vegas would have put up more of a challenge. So that's the first one I'm off the uh, radar on. Um, Chad, did you have this one for the Bears in the preview? I can't remember if I did, but I'm pretty sure I had a relatively close to being that the Bears were going to do it because we just didn't know what uh, the Raiders were going to do based on uh, either Derek Carr or injuries or John Gruden. Yeah, yeah. Plus not knowing who the quarterback was really going to be at that point. Right, you know, yeah. We were still, I was still on the uh, Andy Dalton's going to be there anyway bandwagon. And we saw him play once yesterday. Right. Since week two or three when he got hurt. So. Yeah. You know what? That hit that um, Fields took in the side, you know, when he was running and he got hit in the side. That was almost the exact same hit and reaction that Fields had when he got hit in that Clemson game last year. 
Yeah, it was a bit of a side swipe that kind of threw him for a loop. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, so let's get into it. Um, a display of complimentary football uh, fueled the Bears to an, to a 20-9 to win over the Raiders Sunday at Allegiant Stadium in uh, Las Vegas. The defense allowed just one touchdown. Khalil Herbert and Damian Williams combined to rush for 139 yards. And uh, Cairo Santos made a pair of clutch 46-yard field goals in the fourth quarter. And um, the guy's been great so far, hasn't he? Well, I think uh, Mason Crosby was on the phone with him last night going, how did you do it? Because I need to know. Crosby missed three crucial field goals in overtime. Yeah. And Santos hits 46 yarders like their cake. Well, here's the, here's the crazy thing about it, too. So that game was on. Green Bay and Cincinnati is on. I've got that game on. And my 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 thing was, as soon as that game is over, I'm going to put the Cowboy game on. But because of Mason Crosby, you know, I missed the whole pregame to the Cowboy game because I had to go right to the game because there was no time. They, there was no time. And I thought, I'm going to miss the Cowboys game because some of the Cowboys game because of Mason Crosby. So I was I was not happy with that. And Crosby was looking around. It looked like he was, and a couple of them, looked like he was blaming the holder. Yeah, he tends to do that. Being that he's more of the veteran, he's always going to put, put the blame either on the center or the holder. Well, I shouldn't yeah. say the center, but the long stamper or the holder. Because they have to be on the same page, and if they're not with him, then he's going to be against them for a while. Yeah, because most of these guys, when they miss a big field goal, they put their heads down and they kind of just, you know, walk to the sidelines and look for an empty spot to sit in. But he's like looking around. He's like looking around at the offensive line. He's looking at he's looking at the uh, the uh, sna- uh, the holder and everything else. I'm thought, oh boy, this guy. Yeah, he maybe he learned that from Aaron Rodgers. That's quite possible. The way that things were going in that game yesterday, I mean, there were a lot of times the Packers yeah. should have run away with that game. Oh yeah, and they they were letting the, the Bengals stay in it so much. Right, but Burrow looked good. I thought Burrow looked pretty good. Yeah, all he in did, all, compared to what he did against the Bears. Yeah, all in all. <laughs> all right, but this is the Bears show, so we'll stick with the Bears. Exactly. Right, Santos, you know, made a couple nice field goals there. The Bears were rushing the ball with their second straight win. In the first victory in three road games, the Bears now have improved to 3-2. and two. And on paper, Chad, they're only one game behind the Packers in the NFC North, right? It's a great thing to see, and especially going into the fact that we're heading to Green Bay next week. Yeah. So the real question, yeah, so the real question is, Packers 4-1, Bears 3-2. and two. It's, one ga- it's a one-game difference. But is the margin... Of these two teams, bigger than one game. What do you think? On paper, it should be based on the fact that we've had so many changes to what's been going on in terms of our running game being what we thought was going to be non-existent with Montgomery being out, plus Tariq Cohen still out. But then all of a sudden, yesterday, Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert have what felt like career games for both of them. I'm sure, you know, considering Williams was behind uh, Hunt and everybody else at Kansas City the last couple of years, and Herbert's this guy that was just supposed to basically be a special teams kick returner, and now he's our number two running back for the time being. So right. it's, it, these guys were having a career day yesterday. Yeah. 
Well, it's always a big game when the Bears play the Packers, and uh, it'll be a big game next week, and we'll, we'll talk about that at the end of, uh, end of the podcast. But back to the game. Justin Fields completed 12 of 20 passes for 111 yards and his first NFL touchdown while posting a 91.9 passer rating. Khalil Mack recorded one sack, drew a penalty that nullified a touchdown, made a key fourth down stop, and registered another sack on a two-point conversion play. So let's go back to Justin Fields. 12 of 20, 111 yards. I mean, I don't know what to say. It just wasn't... Con- it see- Here's what I'll say. It seemed to work, right? Because it was the kind of game where they were just running the football, and why not? You know, they were running it, and he didn't need to pass, I suppose, for a lot of yardage there. But I think they could have put a nail in the coffin earlier you know, on in this game with a couple touchdowns or maybe a, li- a little bit more passing. But I knew, you know, they felt like they were in control with the defense in the running game. So the game just kind of played its natural course out, I thought. It did, and he didn't have a really convincing performance for me yesterday at all. I mean, he was basically looking rather pedestrian in what he was doing. And you don't really want that when you're playing a team like the Raiders, but when the Raiders aren't really showing up to the game at all, it's like you could go pedestrian and nobody would even notice. Yeah. It looked like he had a really good game, but it's like, against what? You know, when when the Raiders weren't doing anything to really stop him. I mean, the only thing that really stopped him, for the most part, in the sacks that did happen against him, was his being slow, looking for where he needed to go next. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing we've been ragging on for the last few weeks, in that he's slow in the pocket, trying to find the right receiver or where he needs to make the throw at. And yesterday, it was just more the fact the Raiders were giving him every opportunity to make the throw. And a couple of times he just said, you know what, guys, hit me. Right. Yeah, I mean, something's going to have to give eventually with this because I'm looking at these numbers so far, you know, and I know it's early and I know he's young and I know he's still learning and blah, you know, all that stuff. And I got all of that. But I'm still going to say these numbers are starting to look more like Vince Young week to week than a real than a real quarterback. And I started, you know, I'm watching this game and I'm watching other guys in the league and I'm watching Prescott sling it all over the place. And I'm, you know, watching Herbert and all these other guys and Burrow the game before. And I'm thinking, I don't know if this guy is going to throw for 300 yards in a game. I just don't, I don't get a good feel like this is a guy that's going to be, you know, we can count on this guy, you know, for 300-yard games, you know, multiple or many during the season. I can agree with you on that. I mean, I don't really know when he might have that breakout game where all of a sudden he's just throwing the ball around, slinging it like he's a the hot superstar that he was in terms of how things were at Ohio State. But it's like, what are we supposed to be expecting out of him? 300-yard games or running the ball whenever he doesn't have a chance to get get anything going up on the passing game right you know and, and especially now that he's got some more weapons he can work with since we have two or three guys that can run the ball we're finding more receivers i mean alan robinson got a few tar- targets yesterday and uh darnell looney got some more again uh we started finding some tight ends i mean not too often but we, we looked for him a couple of times but right. it's like Unless he really has a weapon that he's he's comfortable and familiar with in the passing game, I don't think he wants to pass it that much. I, I think he'd rather just run it or hand it off. Yeah, and I think eventually he's going to realize 
the penalty for running because I've already seen it, right? He took some hits. You see him on the sidelines. And at some point, I think he's going to just say to himself, say to himself here, I just can't do this a lot because, you know, it's just not going to work. And I and the other thing I this is like again I know here I'm going to preface it again just like I did with the 300 yard comment. He's young. He's got a lot to learn. All that yet, right? But he seems to be a little soft on his runs. If he's going to run, I mean this isn't Lamar Jackson running, right? This isn't Michael Vick running. Like he's getting hit and he's like bracing for the hit when he gets hit. And I yeah. think you know I'm just. It's still, I, when I see him run, I'm thinking of RG3. That's what I'm thinking of. That's He's just going to get hit in the head, and he's going to be in the protocol for like five weeks or something. Yeah, it's going to get to that point where eventually he's going to try to take too much command of trying to run the ball so often that he's going to be in concussion protocol pretty much every week because they're just not sure if he had his bell rung or if it's just something that he can overcome and just needed a quick breather. But it's one of those cases where he is brought in to be the, like a running quarterback so that we can have a run pass option opportunity. But I think I'd rather see that if we needed it, if we still had Andy Dalton as our number one quarterback, but not Justin Fields as our number one, who it's like, I know I need to be doing some run pass options, but I don't have any opportunity to do a run pass option because not every play is critical to us needing me to do it if I'm in every play. Yeah, yeah. And so it makes his potential with the RPO null and void when he's every down quarterback. Right. So one thing, you know, you can look at this two ways. The, the, the glass half empty, the glass half full, right? So he's got Aaron Rodgers next week, and after that he has Tom Brady, right? So the glass half full, you know, or make it all full of the glass, however you, want, however you want to say this. He has a golden opportunity to prove everybody wrong here. Because one thing about Rodgers and Brady, I don't know what it is about those two guys, but when they're in the game, they somehow it becomes Brady versus the other quarterback, and it becomes Rodgers versus the other quarterback. And that's the beauty about both of those guys, unfortunately. A lot of times we can be watching games, and it's team one versus team two. But with Brady and Rodgers, they have a way of turning the game into, I'm the best quarterback on the field all day, and that's why my team's going to win. You know, So I don't know if Justin Fields can snap that, but if he does, we're going to be looking at him completely different. Yeah, I mean, once he finally gets into that zone where it's like, I'm no longer a rookie, I have some experience, I know what I need to do, that's not of his shot. But right now, he's still kind of being held back, like the leash is tight, and he's not able to be able to do what he needs to do to be the man. Or they told him, we know what what you think the man is supposed to be in, in this based on how you were at Ohio State, so we're corralling you in until we're ready to let you go. And right yeah. now, we're just not there yet. Yeah, and if they're not there yet, they're setting themselves up for two losses. Because I don't know how you can play, I don't know how you can you can do that play him and, 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 and try to keep him condensed into some formula here when you're playing against Brady and Rodgers? I think in most cases with these two games coming up, it might just be a case where they say, you know what, go out there and play. Yeah. We'll call the plays, we'll let you know what you do, and just let the game play out. Yeah, I, I think know, that's what they got to do, Chad. Against these two guys, because we're not expecting a win out of these because these guys know how to change the game. 
you're not there yet. Yeah. You won't be for at least another year, but you know, we had to put these, we had to have these guys on the schedule. You're having to be our quarterback. Just go out there and have fun. Play, play some football. Right. Okay, so let's talk about Khalil Mack. So this was like the homecoming, even though it really wasn't a homecoming because I don't think he, he didn't play. He didn't play in Vegas. I don't know. No, th- he no. played for Oakland. But, but, you know, this was the revenge game. And I don't know if that was just a buildup or, or what the deal was with that, but he had a good game. Yeah, Khalil Mack really has kind of stepped up, especially with the keen picks being out with the wearing injury and a lot of other guys not really stepping up. You right. know, the Bears needed somebody to step up and take charge. Because we've got so many people that can do it. It's just nobody is the real leader right now. Yeah. So Khalil Mack, I'm going to have to do it. Otherwise, it's not going to get done. Right. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the game. The Raiders took a 3 nothing lead on a Daniel Carlson 31-yard field goal with four minutes left in the quarter. The kick came after uh, Josh Jacobs' apparent two-yard touchdown was nullified by a holding penalty. And we'll talk about the Raiders and their penalties. It was like... I know, Chad, you mentioned that uh, the laundry was just getting out of control. Yeah, I mean, this felt like this particular podcast, we should have tried to get a sponsorship from Tide Pods. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was crazy. And, we'll, and when we look, when we go inside the numbers like we do each week, we'll, we'll, we'll address that. So it's 3 nothing, 3 nothing uh, Raiders, and then the Bears answered with a 10-play, 72-yard drive, Capped by Fields' first NFL touchdown pass, a two-yarder to Jesper Horstead that gave the Bears a uh, 7-3 lead early in the second quarter. And that was a nice play, right, by Fields? It was. I mean, he was looking for something to throw to, and eventually Horstead finally got open. And Horstead is our number three tight end of all things. Behind yeah. Jimmy Grant and Cole Kmet, you get this Jesper Horstead, who's basically only on the roster as a special teamer. Yeah. But because we're so short on receivers and other people that can do big things in the blocking, he had to play some regular downs. He couldn't just be like a, a third down necessary or just do the special teams work. So he comes in, gets a two-yard touchdown that nobody expects, and they're all now saying, who's Jesper Horstead? Right. I was saying that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah. This guy out of out of Harvard of all places, wow, is helping this rookie quarterback get something going in a game that most Bear fans probably would have thought we're going to lose this game because it's Vegas. The lights are going to be big, and all of a sudden we've got these unsung heroes coming in and doing their job. Right, right. But part of this drive was the result of uh, the laundry again by the Raiders. They committed three penalties on the drive, including two for roughing the passer. And you really got an indication that one of the things Chucky Chucky over there on the sidelines was, uh, you know, he's not going to say there was a bounty on fields, but it was. They, but they must have been watching the film on the Cleveland game thinking, hey, I'm going to go after this guy because they really put some good hits on him, huh? They definitely did. And I think, to be honest with you, and sometimes with the roughing the passer penalties, it's almost getting as ticky-tack as touch fouls in basketball. It's like you even put a finger on some of these quarterbacks and it's going to be roughing the passer. That's how ticky tech it's gotten because of the amount of money you're paying to these guys and the way you're changing the rules so that they're protected to make passes. Right. But I think, you know, I also think when you're a young quarterback, you know, and you're trying to sow some oats out there, I suppose, you, it's not such a bad deal to get, to get hit a little bit because it's sort of like, Hey, now I know I'm in the NFL, right? Yeah. And, 
that's one of the things that I'm I'm kind of looking at is like you're basically putting needing to put bubble wrap around all these quarterbacks. Oh yeah. Otherwise, it's throwing the 15 yard roughing the passer penalty flag instead of just letting the quarterbacks realize, hey, I'm a football player. I got to do my job to make sure I don't get sacked. Right. So I might have to move a little bit, and if I take a hit, I take a hit. It's called playing the game. Yeah. And we saw what happened to um, Daniel Jones yesterday. He took that big hit by Jabril Cox, trying to go in for a touchdown. And uh, and then who else? Um, and um, Russell Wilson's out too. Mm-hmm. So the quarterbacks yeah, are falling. They're falling quick, the quarterbacks, right? Yeah, yeah, and a lot of them, it's just because they're getting these new inexperienced lines in front of them that – they're like out of position or just not the yeah. right pick, but they didn't have any other solution. Right, right, that's right. And there's sometimes there's not enough time to slide, so you end up getting hit really hard and, and knocked out yeah. of the game. Right. And it's it's almost to the point where like the slide leads to the targeting call. Right. But yet you're hoping that whoever it is that's that's going in for the hit is paying attention and just says, you know what, I need to slow down. Yeah. Or not put my head down and. If I hit him in the head with my knee, you know, at least it's not my helmet. Right. And the crazy... Up, but yeah. I'd rather do that than having to get thrown out of the game for targeting. Right. Mayfield got touched up yesterday too, right? Didn't he get hurt? I thought he did. Yeah. There was a point yeah. when he did, but I think he yeah. came back in. Okay. But you know when these guys slide, I mean, to me sometimes it seems like it's the most vulnerable thing for them to do when they're yeah. sliding because it looks like now you've just basically given up your whole self and here comes a guy, and they either nail you in the chest, or they can hit you in the head and take your head off. So, I don't even like. I'd almost rather see a guy just like fall down, or like go in with a shoulder and just fall down a little bit, or something. Yeah, I mean, it used to be that Brett Favre was notorious for sliding so early, just so the play would stop, and then he got eventually got to the point where they said that if the quarterback slides, the play's dead. Yeah, yeah. he gets hit. Oops, you know. Right. Right. But you have to call throw the flag anyway. Yeah. And it's almost like it's become too much of a safety net for quarterbacks. But it's like, you know what? You took the the opportunity to try to be a running back. So if you get hit, that's not really my fault. That's the fact that you tried to be something other than a quarterback. Right, right. So the Bears have a 7-3 lead, right, early in the second quarter. And then the Bears' defense forced the Raiders to turn the ball over on downs at the Chicago 27 as Roquan uh, Smith dropped Derek Carr for no gain on the third and one. And then Mack stuffed uh, Jacobs uh, for no gain on fourth and one, right? Yeah, I mean, they were definitely on par to keep uh, Vegas from being in the end zone or even close to it most of the game. Yeah. Especially in that first half. They were showing good signs yesterday. Yeah, and I think the people in the stands thought they were going to, you know, that they were in for some offensive explosion uh, on behalf of the Raiders. And I think after a while, they started settling back down in their seats. And it was like, you know, let me go up and get another sandwich or a hot dog or a beer because this is going to be a snooze fest. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked to the point where it was like, maybe it's time to open up that roof and just let some air in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the Bears took a 14-3 lead as Williams juke corner uh, Robert Amik Robertson on a four-yard touchdown run with 156 left in the first half. 
The run capped a 16-play, 86-yard drive that burned 8 minutes and 17 seconds off the clock, which was like, wow, man. And then um, Fields exited with an injury on the drive after being sacked and was replaced by uh, Andy Dalton. Fields was unexamined in the medical tent, but returned to the game after missing only th- missing only three plays. Right? Yeah, I mean, he basically missed a short amount of time, so it was a, it, it was almost like you didn't even notice he was gone, except for the fact that Dalton had three plays that he moved the ball around, which is something he's always been known for is getting the ball moving. Right. Right. So in the first half, the Bears rushed for 98 yards on 20 carries behind that, you know, the offensive line who was uh, doing real well with Williams gaining 51 yards on 11 attempts and Herbert um, adding 44 yards on seven carries, right? Yep. I mean, it was a good running first half. And we used a lot of clock, kept our offense on the field so that our defense wasn't having to do all the work. And made Oakland look like they were, or not Oakland, but Vegas, look like they weren't ready for anything. See, I thought I would say that before you, Chad, Oakland. Yeah. I've said it a couple of times because of the fact we were referencing back for Khalil Mack, so then it just stuck in my head. I'm still calling, calling them the San Diego Chargers. A lot of people still are. Yeah. That's kind of a tough spot for the Chargers, though. When they play the Raiders, you know, it's almost like, you don't even know what, you know, you get confused because San Diego, it was San Diego and Oakland, and now it's Vegas and L.A., so it's crazy. Well, and even before that, it was San Diego and Los Angeles when they played at Memorial Coliseum. Right, yeah. So it's like, where the heck are the Raiders at now? <laughs> you know you what? Can, they may move again. Start on the board and wherever it hits, oh, they're playing there now. They may end up moving again. <laughs> I don't know. They built that stadium. Oh, boy. Yeah. Who knows? Fourteen to, so fourteen to three at the half, right? Yep, it was a good half. It was very telling, but we saw the Bears move the ball around quite a bit and and really make it more of an effective offense that way. Yeah. Do you think any of this play by the Raiders had anything to do with Gruden's the Gruden email? No. I think they just they're came just out the, flat. They're just that bad, right? Yeah, I, I mean that was just something that really it's just taking attention off the game more than it was anything that the players could do anything with because right. it wasn't like any of the players were involved in that right that's right so, um, I mean it, it's not the same as what we see in Jacksonville right now yeah yeah so yeah yep so the Bears uh, have a 14 to three lead at the half we go to the second half and the Bears registered the game's first takeaway on the Raiders' second possession of the second half when DeAndre Houston Carson intercepted a long car pass that was intended for receiver Zay Jones. And uh, boy, oh boy, Carr, boy, he looked like he was, looks like he was, he's just done, it seems like, doesn't it? Yeah, I think this is probably the year that should have been the end for Derek Carr in Vegas or even with the Raiders organization. He's just been there so long and been through so much, had so many players in and out. He's never really had a set amount of receivers or anything to really work with that have kept that team moving so that they could be a consistent playoff team or anything. Yeah. And it's, it's better to try to find a quarterback that can be their future and get some value for him in something or let them go off to a team that can actually use him for a couple of years as a backup. 
Right, right. So they're going to be in the market, I think, next year for, uh, well, we'll see where they land, but they may be one of these teams that are going to try to move up and get a quarterback, right? Yeah, definitely that. And I mean, if I wanted to really be a jokester about it, I could say Houston might be looking to make a uh, trade and maybe send Deshaun Watson to Vegas and get Derek Carr. Right. So they got a better quarterback. Right. And if they if they get Derek Carr, that means they would have had both cars at one time, right? Yep. Yeah. And good. we might have called them lemons. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. I got you know what? That's worth putting a tweet out there if that happens on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Houston gets two cars and they call them a lemon. Right. <laughs> yeah, that they they had a window there, those Houston Texans, man, that they couldn't they couldn't get to it, you know. They had Matt Schaub, and they had a pretty good team there for a while, but uh, you know they just couldn't get over the hump. Yeah, they they just were not investing in their in their team well enough to do yeah. anything. So, yep. So the Raiders eventually cut the deficit to fourteen and nine on Jacobs' one yard TD run with nine oh one left in the fourth quarter, and I'm like thinking, are you kidding me? The Bears could lose this game. Yeah, I was thinking that too. It, it was just kind of scaring me. It's like, uh oh, the defense is kind of giving it up now. Yeah. We can't have that. The way this game's been going, they've been playing pretty well. Yeah. Mac um, sacked Carr on the subsequent two point conversion. The touchdown capped a 16 play, 74 yard drive that took eight minutes off the clock. Carr was injured on a third and one on a quarterback sneak on the drive and was replaced by. The guy we talked we talked about him already, right? The guy from uh, Seinfeld, the Peterman. Yeah. yeah, we talked about Jay Peterman, but this wasn't Jay Peterman. This might have been his distant relative, Nathan. Yeah, Peterman, and for a couple of plays. Right. So at one time, Chad, and this was just crazy, right? I got the Cowboys game on one TV, I got the Bears on the other television, and at the same time, Mike Glennon. And Nathan Peterman were quarterbacking in two separate games. And I thought to myself, this is where we are <laughs> right now in the NFL. These are the guys that are uh, on the televisions on Sunday afternoon. This is a sign of when your quarterbacks over time have not been developed to be quarterbacks anything past the armchair. Right. When yeah. you're bringing in a Nathan Peterman and a Mike Glennon to be your backup quarterback when you're your top quarterback goes down for a play or two and you had so many quarterbacks over the years that could have been a number two there, but they didn't want to take the money. It's like, think about it. You or Nathan Peterman, right? You or Davis Mills, right? You or whoever the third quarterback is in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So then Carr ends up returning and I'm thinking, man, are the bears going to lose this thing? But the Bears responded by increasing their league to 17-9 on Santos's clutch 46-yard field goal with 2.45 to play in regulation. And then I, then I thought, well, maybe the Raiders score a touchdown in this game, and then they go for the two, and now they're tied at 17-17. But that didn't happen, right? No, it didn't. And no. I think they started kind of really feeling that pressure when they missed that two-point conversion with the sack. Because yeah. then when the Bears do take that eight-point lead, it's like, uh-oh. Now we really have to get something going if we're going to tie this game and go to overtime. Yeah. But they couldn't get anything worked worked out on the defensive side because, well, we did it again. Yeah. 
Well, this is what I see here about, like, we talk about Justin Fields again here, right? So instead of this field goal that made a 17-9, this would have been nice if they could have got in the end zone on that drive with Fields as the quarterback. Because this, yeah. this could have put a cherry on top here. And then you could have said, well, you know, Phil, Fields wrapped up the game nicely with a, with a, a drive for a touchdown at the end, right? Yeah, that, that would have given him possibility of being looking like he was actually kind of becoming ready to be that quarterback that a lot of people were saying in preseason that he was going to be. But yeah. it's like he, he got, had to go really conservative because they just didn't want to have him give up something that would turn the tide and change his confidence. So yeah. it's like do what you can to just get some points on the board, and that's why we ended up – being ahead 17 to nine instead of 21 to nine. Yeah. And I really think that this is going to have to stop though. I, like we talked earlier here next week, the week after the week after that, you're going to have to open, let the guy open it up in some manner and let him be whoever he is, whoever he is, let him be whoever he is. And you'll find out what you have, but you're not going to, you're not going to make this guy successful if you're holding him back a little bit. Now I'm not going to say, you know, if you let him loose, he's going to throw some picks, maybe do some dumb things, but you'll know what you have one way or the other. But this way isn't going to work. I don't think this is going to work over the long haul, playing like this. Not really, and especially in this game, would have been a good one to see him kind of do some things that we didn't expect him to do. But because of the fact that the Raiders weren't really doing anything to counter what he was doing, it's like we need to kind of hold back on the play calls and – the playbook itself and just go with a certain amount of stuff that we know can be run and that potentially the Raiders aren't going to be able to counter with something that's going to stop us three to 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. yeah. Which didn't really do it all yesterday. Right. So the Raiders um, ended up getting the ball, ball back. They turned it over on downs as Carr threw an incomplete pass over the middle on fourth and five from the Vegas 30 with the 155 left. Santos then follows it up with a 46-yard field goal, and the game ends. Bears win 20-9. to The Bears go to 3-2, and two, and uh, just one game behind those uh, Packers. Yep, I mean, we, as I was, I was even talking to you, your predecessor at the, uh, the radio station, and it was a conservative play call game all day long. Mr. Maloney, you're talking about. Yes. Okay. We were talking about Mark Maloney. Yes. Uh, and he and I were talking about it. It was a conservative play calling. Yeah. And I, I agreed with him for a change that it was conservative, but it had to be because the way things were going, we just had so many pieces we were missing and the Raiders weren't giving any, anything for us to really work with. So it's like we can get away with things that normally it would be questioning, like what the heck is this play calling all about? But it was just more the case of the Raiders aren't doing anything to stop us from just taking it easy. Right. And playing just a simple conservative game and being able to give Justin Fields the opportunity to say, I can make sense of this somehow. Right. But I didn't have to be flashy. I didn't have to do anything off the cuff. I didn't have to challenge any kind of authority about how we played this game. Right. So, yeah. The opponent was giving us nothing to run with. Right. So it was like, hey, our opponent is sleeping. Let's not wake him up. Right. Exactly. Just let him sleep. I mean, that was the thought, huh? Yeah. If they're going to rest on their her, uh, back legs, let's take advantage of it. Yeah. Hit them up, they're down. Yep. 
So Fields was 12 for 20 again for 111 yards, 5.6 yards of reception, one touchdown, and no interceptions, which is always nice, right? Especially for a rookie quarterback in a game like like uh, Vegas would have been where the fans are on top of you the entire game. But we took the fans out of the game because, well, the Raiders didn't show up. Yeah. So once, once the fans kind of saw the Raiders weren't playing typical Raider football, they're like, okay, when's the next game and why aren't we there? Right. So tell me about these running backs, huh? Damian Williams and the get, and it was, uh, you know, good running game, huh? It was balanced, honestly. I mean, they had quite a few carries combined. I mean, out of 37 carries, they had 34 of them Yeah, together compared to what David Montgomery had the week before where he had about 23 to 25. Right. These two carried an equal load. They didn't get very as far as they probably should have with the 18 to 20 carries or so that they would have had. But based on the fact that they didn't have to do too much work to get a couple extra yards, you know, mm-hmm. we'll take it because of the fact that we had balanced everything yesterday and the Raiders weren't really forcing us to have to go deep on anything. So we can just get into field goal range, get our three points and be okay. Yeah, yeah. And then receiving wise, you had uh, you had Allen Robinson caught four balls, and um, the longest one that Fields completed was to Damian Williams for 18 yards. So his long pass of the day was 18 yards, and um, you know, and I know how this game was. It was a running game, and they didn't, you know, they had <laughs> the Raiders were falling asleep. Why wake them up and try to you know do anything? I suppose, but exactly. you, you you like to see something longer than 18 yards, right? You would, but in this case, it's like if you can get away with dink and dump passes that maybe get five or six extra yards, you take advantage of it and then catch them off guard when you get that opportunity to go at least 10 yards out because they're going to be like, whoa, we're so used to them dinking and dunking for like five to eight yards. They just went 12 to 15 on us. Right. You know, instead of going 20 to 25 in that deep bomb type play that could become a situation where it's a 50-50 ball with a pass interference penalty thrown in somewhere. Yeah. So we kept ourselves very conservative on that situation too. Got more roughing the passer than we had passing pass interference. Yep. So Cole Komet doubled his catches this week for two. And he did it out of the four targets. But the biggest part of the problem, and I even said this to Mark, is he's like, we went to the tight ends, it's like, we actually kind of found the tight ends this week compared to what most normal weeks are. We might throw one or two passes to the tight ends. This week we targeted them five times. They caught three for a total of 24 yards and one was for a touchdown. Wow. So it's like they were there, but they were not our deep threat or last minute specialist. It was just design play to get a few yards. Yeah. Yep. Anything else on the receivers? Um, there really wasn't too much to say about them because no. it felt like they weren't very utilized in terms of getting so many yards downfield. But just more, if you get to this point, either try to get out of bounds or don't get yourself hurt if you get tackled. And we'll go from there in terms of just getting the three points. Right. So on defense, uh, Ro- Roquan Smith, 10 tackles, five solo. Khalil Mack we talked about. Eight tackles, seven solo. He had a sack. He had a quarterback hit. Uh, Ogletree, six tackles. I mean, the defense, 
The Gibsons did well, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. I mean, the way that our defense was, it's the same people doing mostly the same stuff because we don't have those those veteran uh, players that we used to have where we could count on six or seven of our 11 defensive players doing all the work. This year, it's like three, three of the same guys and then two that we just don't know where they're coming from. You know, like right. we could always count on Smith, Mac, Ogletree, or Hicks, yeah. but there was no Hicks in this game. And Andy Jackson, you kind of want him doing something, but he was almost non-existent yesterday. And then it's like we get a few other guys that just do small things that help us out to be to lead to bigger things later on. Yeah, Quinn didn't do too much yesterday. No, no, he was as non-existent as Eddie Jackson or. Uh, Duke Shelley even didn't do anything. Danny Trevathan's been silent most of the year. Right. Right. Right, but they got enough to get it done yesterday. Um, we had that one interception by DeAndre Houston Carson for uh, his interception. And um, looking at some other stuff, uh, Grant has some nice kick returns and uh, has a couple nice punt returns too. Yeah, I mean, the, the Raiders are not going to be uh, special teams tops this year. Right. They just don't focus on that one near as much as they probably should. Yep. And it's going to hurt them later on when they're needing some games and they give up, say, a 50-yard punt return and the other team gets into field goal range and wins the game on them. Yeah. It's like, you needed to have somebody that was down there making sure that, that punt didn't get returned. You didn't have him because he was too busy trying to knock somebody else's head off. And not only gave up a fifty a fifty yard return, but then like maybe a fifteen yard penalty for no reason. Yeah, so, sometimes I yeah I mean this is I mean they're getting lousy quarterback play, they're getting lousy special teams, they're getting penalties, and I'm starting to think you know uh, Gruden loves talking, he loves imparting all of his wisdom on everybody, right? But I but I think maybe somebody's not listening to him that are wearing black and silver. And that's very possible that most of that team has kind of wiped him out in terms of listening to him because of the fact that they're not dominating like they feel like they should be. And they're using the same players over and over. They haven't really improved the roster at all since they moved to Vegas. Yeah. There's been nothing there that said that this team could really go far if we had the ABC receivers that could actually get us somewhere or a running game that could do anything. You know, they, they have not had the types that are like the Marcus Allens, Bo Jacksons, Tim Browns, all those kinds. Right. Since they left L.A. Yeah. So you think of all this hype, right? So they moved to they moved to Las Vegas. They got a new stadium, right? They're paying Gruden, the big, you know, in Las Vegas, got a new stadium, have a, uh, you know, they have a great um, start of the game with that, with that torch and the singing and all that. All the Holly, all all the Las Vegas Showtime stuff. They got a coach that what he's making a hundred million dollars. He got a hundred million dollar yeah. contract. All this stuff going on, and they just putter. <laughs> all of it's just all smoke and mirrors, man. Yeah, it's like watching a Division in one middle range program with a high paid head coach that just doesn't have the recruiting chops that he had 20 years ago yeah. when he was the top dog. Right. It's like not just writing out his time and the school saying, 
you won us enough championships. We're just gonna let you sit around and, and hang out till you're ready to go. Right, right. Kind of like, kind of like a Jim Beheim at Syracuse. Yeah. They leave the Big East. They go to the ECC. He hasn't done a whole lot there, but because he's Syracuse, they're gonna let him stick around till he's ready to go. Yep. But that's the kind of thing we'll see with John Gruden, I think. Yeah. Finishing it, finishing this out with the stats. Cairo Santos two for two. His uh, longest was from forty six. And then Pat O'Donnell, we got to give him some time. Five punts, 46.8, two inside the 20 with one for 53 yards. So uh, he's he's been he punted great yesterday. That's part of the reason why the Bears have never had to worry about a punter for the last, I don't know how many years they've had Pat O'Donnell with them. But he's just been consistent yeah. every year, and it just seems like he improves something about how he keeps the ball inside the 20, how he – has his longevity in terms of his kicks most of the time they don't get returned very far and if they do you get a nice hit on it and it kind of stops the momentum for the team that had the ball and he's just always one of those guys that you can count on unlike most teams where they're going through punters year after year after year and it's like you need a scorecard to know who the punter is right right like with the Bears you know who their kicker and who their punter are always going to be so their special teams are set yeah yeah. That when other parts need to be taken care of, then it's like, okay, who's available on the free agency route? Right. Who's here, there. Right. Because for the longest time, Bear fans were getting upset that we weren't giving Robbie Gold the money he deserved. But it's like, we need other pieces to our team. Four to five million dollars a year for a place kicker or a field goal kicker is not what we need right now. We need to spend that five or six, seven, eight million dollars a year on a couple of guys on the defense so we can get our defense under control. And we did that. It took us a while to find a, a guy like the Cairo Santos. But now that we have him, we're paying him about $3 million for the year. And that's fine because he's learning how to be consistent. And he's made, what's it at now, like 28 kicks in a row? Wow, yeah. So. Right, right. I mean, we, we take our time finding the right pieces. And once we know that we have it, we see if there's other pieces that we need before we put the money into the parts that we want to keep. Yep. And that's one thing we've noticed with their kicking game lately. Yeah. Yep. And you know what? When we look at the team stats for this game, I was shocked after this game was over. I looked at the team stats. It was so even. I don't think you could have tried to make it as even as it was. All the way across the board. First, yeah, I mean, first downs, Bears 19, Raiders 16. And this is crazy. Total plays. They each had 60 total plays. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of good control on the play plays for both teams yesterday. It's yep. just a matter of one used it wisely and the other just kind of threw it around. Yeah. The Raiders had 188 yards passing. They had the Bears for 109. The one stat, let's see, I, I picked a couple things out. The penalties, right? The, you know, the penalties went, you know, 10 penalties for 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 uh, Vegas, eight for the yep. Bears. Still a lot there too, but time of possession went to the Bears, thirty-two to twenty-seven. But most of the most of those stats were pretty darn close. Yeah, it was one of those games where it was like on paper they looked like they were the same team. It's just one of them said, you know what, we need to be the one jumping out, doing something. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's just getting into field goal range and taking our three-point opportunity and making it. 
instead of saying we need to jump on this and and throw the gauntlet at it in terms of getting the points even if it takes us 15 16 17 plays to do it but we were just like we got into field goal range let's go with that and right and get our right this really should have been a blowout don't you think though the way the raiders yeah, are playing the things we're looking it's like why are we not blowing these guys out like 40 to 20 a la how we saw with the uh, cowboys and the Giants at the, after the Giants lost like three players in a row. Yeah, between uh, Jones, Barkley, and there was one other that Holiday, uh, Galladay that they lost. It's yeah. like they lost their top three guys. That whole team was dead. Right. The Bears had the Raiders basically dead from the start and didn't do anything to take advantage of it. But send Cairo Santos out to kick the ball three times. Right. It's like this is where we should have basically said we are going to take control. And run this thing into the ground. Yeah. Show that we are a Bears football team. That maybe Justin Fields happened to have a good day because the Raiders were playing Raider football instead of it just being we're going to take it easy because we don't want to make them look bad. It's like that's what you're paid to do is right. make the other team look bad. Quit worrying about the score and run it up. Right. You're paid. To do that. You know, this isn't high school or college where you're uh, you're getting good sports awards. Or participation trophies. Yeah, no, you're you're paid NFL players. Go out there and kick some butt and put some names down to get things going. Yeah, I, and I don't know. It always seems to me, at least, that maybe they're just. I don't know if there's concern that much about. I mean, are they concerned about the media and the fans and the backlash? If you know they they're winning this game by a little bit here, and then Fields throws an interception, and maybe they lose, and then they got to answer all these questions. So maybe they were just satisfied in their own space there, just going through the motions and getting the win so they don't have to go out, you know, in the media and have to explain anything, you know, if they would have lost, if they would have let Fields extend himself a little bit there. But I don't know. That's got to come. That's It's got to have to come. I mean, you can't hide them. You can't hide them, you know. Yeah. You can't spend the rest of the season just keeping the training wheels on this kid. you got to let the fans be able to see some of the things that are going to be good and are going to be bad about him. Right. Otherwise, it's going to look like he's been this great player, but it's because we haven't let him do anything. Yeah. And yesterday was a great time to take the training wheels off and just let him go. Yeah. But because of the fact that they were afraid the Raiders were going to do something to hurt him, they were like, let's hold him back. And it's like, no, this is the time because the Raiders are giving you that opportunity to run it on them. Right. To take it out, to play football. Not play this, we're going to hold back because we're paying so much for this kid, which they're really not right now because he's still under the three-year rookie contract, so he gets a limited amount of money. Yeah. If it was a case where he could come in and make 14 mil this year and 17 or 18 mil next year, then I'd be okay with holding back a little bit because you want to make sure you save your money on your investment. Yeah. But because of the fact that he's limited as to what he can make for the first three years, let him go. Let him go. Let, him, let us see what he can do so that when his contract comes up, it can be, okay, he's worth make, paying $50 million in total or whatever more they want to pay him. Right. Yeah, I mean, you so, got to – yeah, I mean, the way this is, you're not going to – you know, unless you have Gail Sayers and Walter Payton in the same backfield, if you're throwing for 111 yards, you're not going to win in the NFL. Not in most cases. No. I mean, you're just not gonna, it's just not going to happen. So, I mean, they're going to have to unleash them. I mean, everybody gets unleashed at some point. I mean, I don't think we've, you know, even Sam Darnold got unleashed. We saw what happened with him in the, with the Jets. So, I mean, you got to let these guys go. And 
And you see what's, you know, Burrow, they're letting him go. They're letting uh, Herbert go. Most of these guys are letting him go. So his time's coming. So they're going to have to let him go. And maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's these next two weeks, you know, I mean, on paper, I mean, you know, no one's expecting the, well, maybe people are expecting the Bears to beat the Packers. I'm not, I'm not one of them, but I don't think they're expected to beat Tampa Bay. So you might as well just throw the kitchen sink at both of the next two games. And I would be welcome to do that because you just don't don't know what the Packers are going to do next week. I mean, this past week, they almost lost that game because of the fact that they just were not playing Packer football. Yeah. They were they're doing whatever Aaron Rodgers wanted to do, but they were also basically telling Aaron, "We're going to go for three. If you're not going to be able to get the ball downfield enough, we're going to get we're going to have to get you into field goal position and and bring in Crosby." Next right. week, they probably can't do that because the Bears are going to take advantage of the fact that they're still thinking back to last week when everything was the whole thing and play, play conservative football because, yeah, the Bengals should have been a, a very beatable team. Why they didn't? Probably the same reason why the Bears didn't run on the Raiders and win it by, like, 40. was yep. because they were conservative, so they didn't give too much away. But it's like you want to give so much away because it's like, we know what Aaron Rodgers can do, what he will do against the Bears. But we need to see what Justin Fields can do. Otherwise, it's just watching this kid that's basically told, you're the quarterback for now, but next week we're going with another guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to work. No, it, no. it could tear his confidence pretty soon. Right. But two weeks being basically games that we're already kind of writing as they're going to be losses because you're playing against Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It's like, do you want to do that, especially in a division game? I mean, I'm willing to, to throw away the Tampa Bay game and just let the, the, the Buccaneers run all over us and do whatever they want to do. But next week, we have to have that game to prove what we can do as a team. Right. And if we do that, then what are we, what are we really saying to the fans? What are we saying to football? What are we saying to the players on our roster? Right. All right, Chad. So what do you think is going to happen with the Green Bay then? What do you, I mean, what do you see here? Is there an avenue to win this game? I think if we can keep the running game going, and I mean, we're still going to be without Montgomery, so that's going to make it difficult. But if we can keep that double-pronged attack going there and be able to get some more of our receivers involved in the game, that we can potentially keep our fans in it, because I'm looking at the schedule now, and I thought the game was in Green Bay next week. It's actually at Soldier Field. Yeah. So, if we can keep our fans in it, they will be on top of things and will help us out. But we just need to make sure that we're playing our football. And if we can, because of the way the Packers are showing things, let Fields loose a bit. Right. And I make the Packers think, are they going to let him loose? Are they not? You know, granted, they can prep for it as though he's going to be let loose. But then they may pull back and it might be like, well, now what do we do? How do we adjust? Because we're going to have to do some in-game adjusting, too, if they're showing us the opportunity that we can do whatever we want. Because they're, they're just kind of shutting down on the floor, or maybe some of the players are saying to Aaron, quit being an asshole and play football. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I got, a feeling so, the, I got a feeling the Packers may switch things up a little bit and run a lot more on the Bears and try to wear the defense down in the first. And then no... You know, now they're a little bit worn down, and that's when Rodgers goes after it. Yeah, I mean, with A.J. Dillon coming on as a running back to the Packers, it's possible that 
quite a bit in the first half. And then once they see what the Bears have for oxygen in the second half, go to town on the deep passes that Aaron Rodgers is known for, especially now that he's got guys like Randall Cobb that are back, even though he's a little slower than what he was. And then some other receivers that can actually do some things. It's like, you know, it's yeah. it's one of those times where you got to let both teams just kind of let loose and play football. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the a, here's a thing. They may be forced to let them loose, too, because hypothetically, what happens if they're down 14 and nothing and we're still in the first quarter or something? You know, they're going to have to make a decision. You know, we can't get a three and out and give Rodgers the ball back, and now it's 21 nothing. So they're going to have to let him open up that offense. Yeah, it might be some cases where Justin Fields has to do a lot more running than what he's been able to do because they've been trying to keep him in the pocket so he can get used to that experience of what to do in the pocket and maybe help him get faster with that. It might be that sometimes it's like you're just going to run the ball. Right, right, yep. All right, Chad, well, we wrapped it up again, huh? We sure did. And this game, I, I don't understand why it was such a sleeper, but... We pulled out the win. Yeah, and we so, pulled, and we managed to pull an yeah. hour talking about this game. That that's a miracle. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much to really build on, so to stretch it that far, <laughs> we did good. Yeah, but you know what? A W is a W. So good for the Bears. They go to three and two in that record. You know, in the NFL, a three and two record right now is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, a lot of three and two teams in the NFL right now. And a lot of teams that are in the if the play, if the season ended today, you'd have so many teams that it's like, uh, how are we going to flip a coin to get certain teams into the playoffs? I know. I don't know what they're going to do at the end of the year with that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be one of those years where it's like, what are we doing with the league here? How are we going to get this working for us? Yeah. I mean, when you only have one team that's undefeated in Arizona right now. Yeah. And you know and what? In it, it, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Everybody else is at like two to three losses, and you have two teams that are currently sitting at 0-5 in Detroit and uh, Jacksonville. Right. It's like you get so many teams that it's like, what did they do in the offseason to get themselves ready? And it looks like in most cases, they stood pat when they needed to improve. Yep. Yep. That's what it's starting to look like. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, Chad. Well, uh, Enjoy, and uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the Packer game. It'll be a fun one. I look forward to it for sure. All right. Take care. You too. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fan Man Podcast. You can catch the Fan Man Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other platforms. Thanks again. Check out our Twitter page at the underscore fan underscore man underscore. And tell me. What you think?